we all face challenges in our lives and grow from overcoming them. But some individuals seek out the most pressing issues to our societal development and aim to challenge the underlying systems. In this series, we speak to some of these challenges to understand the motivation behind these ambitious missions, get insights from the grueling processes and prospects for the future they're aiming to help create. Created in collaboration with Dockers, providing smarter, more comfortable, and more versatile clothing for every occasion, they believe that progress is woven into everything we do. From how we make our clothing, to how we care for the people and the planet. And so do we. Enjoy this series. My name is Nora Baby. I'm a general partner at Unconventional Ventures, and I like to call myself the new kid on the VC block, because prior to that, I was a tech entrepreneur trying to accelerate inclusion in the tech industry. And you're in in continuing that, but in a new form. So could you tell us a little bit more about Unconventional Ventures and your strategy and focus? Sure, I'd be happy to. So Unconventional Ventures is a Nordic venture capital firm operating from, well, Copenhagen and Stockholm now, with me joining, uh, focusing on underrepresented founders targeting impact tech, uh, looking into scalable impact tech, I would say, um, targeting overlooked uh, markets, uh, but with a global potential. And overlooked markets, what's the definition around that? Well, it depends on who you ask, but I think such markets could be, for example, like femtech. Oh, yeah. You know, most industries or most uh, products and services within healthcare, uh, medtech and so on, are actually based on white cis men. Now, that's a huge overlooked market, right? And femtech is actually an industry expected to reach a 50 billion US dollar market by 2025. Wow. So that's a really big overlooked market, for example. Huge potential, yeah. And just to give us some background, is there a way of giving a simplified, short description of what a venture capital VC is? Sure, it is. I know that VC like to super complicated. Uh, so, but if I were to say it in layman terms and as easy as possible, so venture capital are those who people say invest in your company, but to make it really simple, the people that buy your company and taking a risk with you while you are building the company, oh, trying yeah. to make money with you. So the idea is I buy a portion of your company and I follow along and be an active part of your journey. Exactly, exactly. And why does one raise venture capital? Well, for many, it's the it's the fastest way of scaling because getting those those muscles in 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 terms of financial uh, support means uh, tremendously for a growth journey, right? That enables you to hire people, develop products, or develop products much faster. Uh, so it's about enable- enabling that scalability in a company. Oh yeah. 
And this has been an industry that's been around for a while. We've seen a lot of the services we use today and the largest companies being backed by different VCs. And you are, so this series is, series is about challengers and you through unconventional venture, and I would say you, Nora Bevey, are a challenger and you're looking to challenge this industry. Could you give us a um, view of the current state of the industry? Yeah, for sure. So like I mentioned, I became a tech entrepreneur for the mere reason to accelerate inclusion for to uh, inclusion in the tech industry oh, yeah. because the tech industry is one of the most leading industries in the world, creating tremendous impact on societies and the world, right? Yes. But yes. what we're seeing is actually a huge untapped potential in the terms of not just inequality in terms of who is part of the tech industry, because it is a huge homogeneous industry at the moment. And there are many, many opportunities as well as risks with an industry like that. So while I was building my company and becoming and creating that scalability, mm -hmm. I realized that despite me being one of the people with warm introductions, working with most people and most companies in the tech industry, I still was valued as a high risk, but also needed to validate myself as an entrepreneur instead of validating my business idea. Oh, yeah. So and in that journey, I realized that if this is the way for me, for someone who's raised in the most equal region in the world, then how is it for other who doesn't have those warm introductions that I did? So we took a temperature and I realized that the best way to create change is actually to build new structures because the current structures, I know people like to tell that the current structures are not working. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say the opposite. The current structures are a perfect design because they are um, benefiting its designers. So oh, yeah. I learned that in order to then have a, a structure that benefits more type of groups, we need to build more and new inclusive structures. And the best way to do that is actually putting myself on top of that food chain, meaning the very resource that invests in the future, in the companies of tomorrow, in the product, products and services that today aren't built for everyone. So that's how I joined this world of venture capital. And in order to do that, I'm challenging the industry mm. by doing things differently. And the temperature that I took together with my partners at the uh, beginning of this fall showed us that in our report that we launched in October, that in the Nordics, mind you, we're considered the most equal region in the world. Yes. We only invest in all female founders at the level of 1%. 1% of, of the investment, yes. Yes, so. That's ridiculous. 96 
percent uh, of of or it ninety six percent in Sweden, mm. but. In the Nordics, as a general, 93% of all available capital, venture capital, goes to all male founders. With that being said, that this capital that exists right now, we took a temperature for the last 10 years. It is record-breaking years. It has never been so much uh, available capital. Oh, yeah. But still, women, all women team, only receive between uh, 5 and 1.3% during the last 10 years. Saying the utmost important thing, I think, besides that there is huge untapped potential, oh, yeah? is that the future that we're investing is, is not equal, and we are not building products and services by all for our because we don't have that user experience behind the creation of oh, the products. Yes. This is so true. And a lot of this and a lot of your report reminds me of the previous series we did called Implicit, about implicit biases and how this actually shapes the world. And especially when you're speaking about technology and the scalability you have with technology also means you're scaling these implicitly built solutions. And I want to recommend anyone and everyone to um, check out your report. Where can I find it? Your website, you can find right? it on our website, yes. It's called Nordic uh, Funding Landscape, the most untapped potential uh, in the world's most equal region. Oh, yes. And, and speaking about this untapped potential, could you elaborate a little bit more on the effects of this, um, th- this uh, unequal allocated capital? What are the effects of this moving forward? Well, one huge effect I think that we don't talk about enough is that although we all know that there is a gender gap in wages that exists today. And I know that we did a new new research here in Sweden that stated that besides being a female, if you're part of other groups, that gender gap or that wage gap minimizes by each group, right? Yes. So while we're focusing on bridging the wage gap, what we are doing is actually building new structures in new industries who are maintaining those simple things as a wage gap, creating more platforms in more industries that is just where we'll ultimately need to start over again and over again. And I mean, if it hasn't changed in a hundred years, imagine with the new industry and the scalability and the impacts of that when it comes to quality. So there's really a trickle down effect. You're investing in the company, which invests in people, which invests in society in a different way, would you say? Exactly. So that's where we then tap into impact investing. Now, I know there's a lot of people who has um, talked very much about impact investing during the last year, which is amazing. Uh, We invest in impact tech, but we're not an impact fund for the very reason because we are actually triple impact. Mm -hmm. First of all, we're our, our firm consists of 
diverse fund managers, me, myself, and my, and my partner, we invest in underrepresented founders. That's yeah. one aspect of the and underrepresented founders are women, LGBTQ, or people of color. Oh, yeah. The focusing on impact. And here's the thing underrepresented founders actually do have impact at the core in its mm. DNA because mm. they are nine out of 10 times focusing on solving problems that they themselves have faced or they as a community has faced. So there's no uh, impact washing here. Uh, It it is part of the DNA and that is super interesting and important because there's so much potential uh, with that. Oh, yeah. Pouring more effort and more capital into problems that might today be overlooked that actually might um, relate to a majority of the market. If you think about it, we had previously in this series, Roger Dupay speaking about the 90 percent and the 10 percent and the the underrepresentation and miss of the market to tailor to more people's needs. Yeah, and in, 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 in that I love that you have that conversation about the myths of the market because oh, that's yeah. exactly what it is. It's it's even I mean, even as if we look and the reason why we talk about female founders, just to give you perspective, is also yeah. that we try to find data on other type of groups, but because of regulatory reasons, it's really difficult specifically. Oh here in the Nordics. So yeah. that's why we don't have for other groups. But what we do know and what the data is telling us is that it is harder when you look at other premises. So if it's 1.3% capital to all female founders, mm. now imagine if you were a quote unquote minority, mm. ethnic diverse, or if you're, if you have other uh, are there beliefs and so on in combination to that? And I mean, it's ridiculous, but we're at a point in 2020 that we're still just mentioning gender and in terms of two genders where nothing is 50-50 in this mm. world. Oh, yeah. And to, to give us a view of the type of entrepreneurs you're, you're investing in, do you have a sample of maybe a few that you've invested in so far? Sure. So for now, we invested in eight companies yeah. uh, They and the industries they are tapping into is really exciting. We have, of course, Femtech. Yeah. We have Medtech. We have uh, Digital Therapeutic Tech. We mm-hmm. have um, EdTech. We have Community Tech. We have uh, uh, FinTech, which oh, is really exciting. Um yeah. So we are touching upon some really interesting verticals. Um, Quite a wide array and selection of uh, verticals and industries, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and here's what is interesting. Each and every one of them are actually tackling uh, a problem with a solution that they themselves needed. Yes. Now imagine yes. having that insight and then having the understanding of the market and the potential because there is so many more than just you experience the same things. Yes. And I think when it comes to the homogeneity that we're, that we're seeing, and I think you talked about it plenty of times, mm-hmm. is that the biasness that we do have, the problem is that most of the times we're investing in people that we see ourselves in, people yep. that resembles us, right? 
Yes. And what our report also stated, which was unique with our report, was that the best catalytic effect on this is actually looking at who invests in who. Mm-hmm. Meaning that if you have a diverse fund manager, they will automatically invest more diverse founders. Mm, yes. Because Which, you, can under, you have a different understanding, I'm guessing, of the problem and the solutions and the maybe personalities even behind. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But what I do think is that many VCs today are looking at future fund managers or future investment analysis mm-hmm. from what type of industry they have experience from and putting mm-hmm. those people in front, which is in my world, still creating and maintaining a homogeneous structure of monoculture. And here we are supposed to bet on the future. We're supposed to bet on innovation of the future, right? Um, Um, So I think that is part of the catalytic effect by diversity that we do know. Um, I really like that. If we're investing in the future, and, and trying to invest for innovation in the future, we can't do it like we did it in the past. And I'm really looking forward to more data, like you said, coming out around this, where you can have more data of different groups and understanding of the untapped potential. And I think you will have a lot of entrepreneurs uh, reaching out to you after this conversation, uh, hearing how you're really looking to support the next um, challenger, basically. So I want to ask you, what do you look for in an entrepreneur? Well, it, it is, I mean, I know it sounds uh, really simple, but it is really simple. Yeah, it yeah. is uh, the, the founder fit, of course. Um, the founder or co-founder needs to be part of that um, entity that we're looking when it comes to underreps and the founder. Oh, yeah. So it's a founder fit. Yes. Then the problem fit oh, yeah. is, of course, like I mentioned, they we prefer the founders who have experienced the problem because that tells us they do have the insights that they need to understand and the creativity to develop those solutions. Oh, yes. So that's the founder fit and problem fit. And then we look at the market. What market potential is there? Is it global? Is it scalable? How scalable is their solution today? And how much, I mean, how much can we then provide for the journey that they are looking into? So that's a combination. So those are the things we're looking at. But I think what I do want to highlight in a conversation like this is to also entail that what I'm seeing, which is really exciting, even though everyone knows that I focus on underrepresented founders and yeah. me myself being underrepresented fund manager, fund manager today, I still attract white cis men in my deal flow, not because of the entitlement they might feel, mm-hmm. but because they themselves don't want to be part of the equal structures that do exist. Oh, yes. So, that's a that's a risk and missed potential for the current structures uh, that I learned by 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 doing the work myself, and that is actually really exciting because that is also a way of telling the industry: not only are you losing 
by not investing in potential innovators of tomorrow or even mm. today. Yeah. But the current one that you're betting on are leaving you yeah. because you're not mm. focusing on creating more equal uh, future. And that could actually make sense for me, like how you would be getting that deal flow, because in trying to do it differently, I believe you're doing it in a modern way. Well, if I was to raise capital, I would want to do it from a modern player that I believe is the future rather than maybe someone that has a great historic track record only. So if I'm going for the future, I would like to go with a player for the future. So that makes a whole lot of sense. And I can see yeah. why they would be writing to you. Yeah, thank you. But I think, like I said, it was it, it, it became as a revelation for me because I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. But also, I think what is important is to understand that we do know that going forward, the future workforce has has to have purpose. Mm -hmm. People are purpose-driven in so many ways. So no one is looking into the future without finding meaning and purpose, right? Mm -hmm. yes. And the future that everyone wants to be part of, it's sustainable, right? It's equal, it's fair. That is the world that we all want to be part of. And we're seeing what the current structures have given us. There's a reason why we are where we are. It is because of the inequality. It is because of the sexism and the racism and so on. And those are all the impact and effects of the current structures. So if we are to build a new future, we need to make it inclusive. And I think something that I try to talk more about is yeah. that even though I focus on underrepresented founders, the effect is a win-win for everyone. Yes. Problem is, that it is never the other way around. Oh, yeah. Even though we exclude, for example, even though if we exclude white cis men, they will still benefit from the work. But oh, yes. if we only include white cis men, it would never benefit any other group. Mm, that's an interesting point. Oh, yeah. I haven't thought about it in that way. And, and Nora, I know that this is a very ambitious mission of uh, challenging a whole system. And I know you're an ambitious person. And throughout your journey, you've faced a lot of challenges and will probably do moving forward. Um, so I want to ask, wrap this up with asking you a question on your, your best advice in handling challenges. Oh, um, first of all, uh, acknowledging that there will be lots of challenges. This is not, it's, it's not an ending of challenges. Mm -hmm. It is just a consistency of new challenges, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, so my recommendation would be really lead with purpose. Of course, this is personal. I'm a mom of three. So oh, yeah. that is kind of a, of a mission and a fuel that never extinguish. Yes. Um, but I think also make sure that you are, you are part of a group or support system that pushes you. Uh, because they are also part of that purpose. They do understand what you're trying to do or achieve and, and, and surround yourself with those people. I'm lucky to have the support and therefore I'm able to do what I'm doing. 
That's brilliant advice, actually. And uh, you have some grit in there, you have some collaboration in there, and that's probably how you go the longest at the end of the day. Absolutely. This is never a one woman or one man show in anything. And I think the problem is we've been working in solace for so long. So we need to find those people who are aligned with the mission and really um, try to join each other in, in support. That's a great way to end this episode and this series, Nora. Thank you very much for your participation. Thank you so much for having me and for your patience of, of no. making. <laughs> <laughs> It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.